For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love Job had three main trials. If you want to look with me in Job chapter 1, we'll start with verse 13. Job chapter 1 and verse number 13. And we're going to look at these three trials that Job had in his life. Satan has not changed. He still uses the same old tactics a lot of times if God will allow him. So Job chapter 1 verse number 13 And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, the asses were feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven and hath burned up the sheep and the servants, and consume them, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 17, while he was yet speaking, there came also another, and said the Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and carried away them away, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Three times right there in those few verses, Everybody was killed and wiped out except one person. That one person was to go back and tell Job, I, I got to tell you what happened. All your camels have been killed, all your, all your uh, oxen, all your sheep. You've lost everything. And back then, and still to this day, that's money. That's finances. So the first thing Job uh, was attacked with from Satan, Satan attacked his finances. And can I just say, we put a lot of trust in our finances, ladies and gentlemen. We put a lot of trust in our own ability. We put a lot of trust in our own bank accounts. We put a lot of trust in our own possessions that we have. We put a lot of emphasis on what I can do, what I can make. Can I just say, it's only by the grace of God that you don't lose every bit of it today, right now, within a minute Job lost all, just about all his possessions, all his finances. And that's the very first area that Satan attacked was his finances. If Remember Satan's whole goal on this now. Satan's whole goal was that you let me touch Job, he, he told God, I'll have him curse you to your face. That's what Satan told God about Job. 
is you've got a hedge of protection about him. He's got all these things. He very well might have been the wealthiest man on the planet back then. He was very, very wealthy, very esteemed. He had a very high position in the community. And so Satan said, you move that hedge of protection and you let me attack him, he'll curse you to your face. And God gave Satan permission, said, you can attack, attack everything, but you can't attack Job himself. And so what did the devil do? He went after his finances. He went after the thing that we put a lot of our trust and faith and comfort in, that when I lay my head down at night, well, I know that I have my possessions, and I know that I have my bank account, and I know that I have a home, and I know that I'll be all right because of those things instead of what we should do and say, no matter what, because of God Almighty, I'll put my faith and trust in Him. My comfort alone rests in Him. And there was a time, ladies and gentlemen, Job had want of absolutely nothing, the Bible says. He, like I said, he was very possibly the richest man in the world in that day. But in one day, it was all gone. Between the fire, the Sabians, and the Chaldeans, Job found his financial wealth completely destroyed. <clears throat> that could happen to me or to you today. We could lose all that we have. The stock market could crash. Your bank account could be seized. All your possessions frozen. And you have absolutely nothing just like Job, where will your faith and trust be then? How much peace will you actually have in your heart? Because all this, Job lost all that, but it was not enough to cause Job to stop loving and serving God. But the devil wasn't done. The devil was going to attack more. And the second thing that the devil attacked was Job's family. First, he attacked Job's finances. He still didn't curse God. And so Satan went after Job's family. Look with me now in Job chapter 1, verse 18. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house and it fell upon the young men and they are dead and I only am escaped alone to tell thee. To me, in my mind, there's nothing worse that could happen to me for me than me for me to lose one of my children, much less all of them at one time. And so that second attack caused Job to lose his children. They were all in the house. It's hard to believe that a tornado could attack a house, but it did. And it's hard to believe that God would allow that, but he did. Now you have to know the end of the story to just realize that, boy, this is terrible. This is catastrophic. How could God allow this? But if you don't listen to the end of the message... Before Job dies, God blesses him, multiplies him, and gives him more than what he ever had. And so it's, it's, even, it's just uncomprehensible to know that he lost all his kids 
and house and home and its possessions. But through these great, horrific, horrific trials, Job remained faithful. And can I just say, God put so much value on your faithfulness. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible. It doesn't say it's hard or it might be. Don't the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please him. So I say it again. Your faithfulness is so important to God that we can't even begin to comprehend that God, no matter what, the people at church attack me, families turned on me, all these bad things have happened. I've been physically attacked, verbally attacked, mentally attacked. God, I don't like it, but I love you and I'm going to be faithful to you. God puts a lot of value on that. Hey, man, it's easy to be faithful when everything's going good. When you got a good job, money in the bank, a good home, a beautiful wife, healthy kids, everything's easy. It's easy to have faith in God. But let me tell you, when everything goes wrong, like with Job, he lost all that he had, lost all his money, lost all his bank accounts, lost all his possessions, lost all his investments, lost his children. But Job knew that his faithfulness to God could not depend on the well-being of other people. Let me say that again. Job knew that his faithfulness to God could not depend on other people, even if it was his own children. Ladies and gentlemen, when you stand before God Almighty, your brother, your sister, your best friend, even your pastor is not going to be standing there holding your hand when you give an account to God Almighty for what the things that you've done in your life, the things that he called you to do and the things that you did and the things that you didn't do and the things that you should have done and the things that you shouldn't have done. Right Now, if you're saved, if you're born again, you will not stand before the great white throne judgment. The great white throne judgment is for people that are on their way to hell that have never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. But the judgment seat of Christ is for Christians, and he's going to judge you by your faithfulness, by what he has called you to do. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Are you a very smart person? You're very intelligent? You better not look down on others. The Bible says God gave that to you. To whom much is given, much is required. Are you a very wealthy person? You better be careful with that. To whom much is given, much is required. Are you a very skilled and very talented person? The Bible says, to whom much is given, much is required. Let me tell you, the smarts that you have, the skill that you have, the talent that you have, God gave that to you. You did not come up with that on your own. And did God call you to a certain area? How faithful were you to that area? Job knew the circumstances, the money, the people, even his own children, his faithfulness to God Almighty could not rely on those things. I am going to be personally accountable to God. You like I said, your mom and daddy's not going to be there. Your brother's not going to be there. And your pastor's not going to be there holding your hand when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account for what he has called you to do in your life. 
when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, they'll have their own accountability. Don't think they won't. They will. They'll stand before Jesus, too. And there'll be many a sad day that day, I believe, even for me myself. I think there's many times I've failed, and I follow my face. Or I say something I shouldn't. I do something I shouldn't. Or I don't do something that I should have done. Yes, God forgives us. But I'm still going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, before the things that he has called me to do. So Job, he knew he was personally responsible to serve God. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you better grab a hold of that because you are personally responsible to serve God. You are personally responsible to keep your faithfulness to God. You know, we have a personal responsibility to grow in the Lord. And let me tell you, that's not a preacher's job. That's not my job. That's not your pastor's job. Yes, it's, it's their job to preach the word to you. It's your job to apply it. It's your job to get up in the morning and talk to God. It's your job to get up in the morning and listen to God by reading his word. You know, the reason I say it's not your pastor's job, it's not your, you should be in church and your pastor should be preaching the word. And most good pastors, they do, they preach the word. But do you know a horse could die of dehydration while floating in the lake? Got water all around him, but he refuses to drink. He could die. Hey, a Christian can dry up and wither away sitting on the pew. You have a personal responsibility to apply those truths to your life and live them out faithfully to God Almighty. Amen. I have that personal responsibility. And so do you to walk daily with the Lord Jesus Christ. Apply his truth to my life each and every day. Every day you should be asking God for forgiveness. Every day you should be asking God for a fresh new look on his work in your life. A fresh new take on the Bible. A fresh new look at a verse that you've been reading. God speak to me because you can read that verse 10,000 times, but until the Holy Spirit shines a light upon that verse and stamps it upon your heart. See, the Holy Spirit is the interpreter of God's Word. This is a living book. This book is living. It wants to speak to you. It wants to work in you. The Bible says it cuts to the joints and to the marrow. It's the one thing that we have that will change you from the inside out. It's the one book that you can read no matter where you're at that the author is always present. He's on the other end of the line pulling you in and he wants you to apply it to your life. He wants to change you. Why? Because it'll be make you faithful like Job was. Listen to me. If an NFL player sat on the couch all week eating fast food and donuts and he got up on Sunday to go play a game in the NFL and he got out there on the line, those other linebackers would destroy him because he is not ready. He has not prepared himself. He is not 
ready. And a Christian that doesn't walk with God, a Christian that doesn't read his Bible, a Christian that doesn't pray, a Christian that doesn't ask for God's help is exactly like that. You're going to walk out into the world and that devil's going to tear you apart. He's going to smash you into a million pieces. Why? Because you are not ready. You have not put on the armor of God. If we're going to stand up and be faithful like Job was, we've got to do that each and every day. Amen. It's got to be an act of the will. You have a personal responsibility to put that and apply that in your life. Yes, you should be in church. Absolutely. If the door is open, you should be there and you should be faithful. But don't forget, Monday through Saturday, you have responsibility to get up and read God's word and pray and talk to him. Amen. So the first thing that Satan attacked was his finances. The second thing that Satan attacked was Job's family. And the third thing that Satan attacked was Job himself. If you remember the story, the first time that Satan talked to God about Job, he said, God told Satan, you can touch everything, but you can't touch Job himself. But he went back before God and said, you know, you, you let me touch him and he'll curse you to your face. And God gave Satan permission. He said, you could touch him, but you can't kill him. Look with me now in Job chapter 2, verse 7. Job chapter 2 and verse number 7. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a pot shard to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain that integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women. What, shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall not receive evil? And all this did not Job sin with his lips. So after devastating Job's finances, and Job's family, Satan moved to take Job's health. The pain of boils is rough. Have you ever had them? I had them when I was a kid. I don't know if you get them from the ground. I don't know really where they come from. But I do know where we lived at in Taylor County, You it seemed like you'd get in the dirt and you might get a boil or two on you. And I tell you what, they hurt, buddy. Like They hurt like the dickens, as my mama would say. And if they don't, simmer down if they don't go away they give you some black drawing salve you put on there if that don't make them go away you'd have to go into the doctor and they'd take a razor and they'd lance it and that's a just a nice way to say they cut cut an x in it and squeeze the goo out of it because that baby hurt let me tell you and the bible says that job had him from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet all over his body and he hurt so much so and I say that because in that verse it says he took a pot shard. In other words, a piece of a clay pot that had been broken a sharp edge to scrape himself. I wonder if that's what he was doing. Because they hurt so bad and they got so much pressure on them. The doctor will lance it, he'll cut an X in it, and that relieves that pressure. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if that's what Job was doing. He was just relieving the pressure. It hurt so bad. And so the pain of the boils... Uh, his wife maybe rejecting what he was trying to do. And his wife gets a lot of bad rap, but you got to remember, his wife lost all her finances. She lost all her security. She lost her home, and she lost all of her children. Don't you know she was hurting? And I often think 
of thinking back when I was a kid, we went over to my cousin's house and he was dying of cancer and he was laying in the bed and he looked so bad. He was still alive, but he looked so bad. I mean, there was just, it was just skin laying on the bones. There was nothing left of him, but he was still alive. And you looked at him and you just go, he looked like he was in so much pain and he hurt so bad that you, he, I just thought, man, he'd be better off dead. And I think that's what Job's wife was thinking when she looked at him and saw him. You know what? You're hurting so bad. You, you, you'd be better off. Just, just go on and die. Maybe it was out of pity in her heart. Should she have said that? Of course she shouldn't have said that. But how many things have you said you shouldn't have? So before we judge her, we better look at our own self. And so God gives a statement that is a testimony to Job's life. And it's a challenge every day to us Christians today in the world. It says, in all this did not Job sin with his lips. With all that that happened, the Bible says God said that Job did not sin with his lips. Listen to me. It's not unusual for God to take something that appears to be this great massive tragedy and turn it into this great, wonderful, and mighty, amazing, and mighty, and powerful triumph. That's right. I said that. He can take a tragedy and make an amazing, powerful triumph out of it. God uses trials and tribulations to shape us, to mold us, to make us. Just like a sculptor with a hammer and a chisel. It doesn't feel good. He is beating the heck out of that thing and to knock flakes off of it so that he can make this great, wonderful masterpiece out of it. And I believe that's what God is doing in each one of our lives. Listen to me. We live in America. We want everything so quick, but true quality doesn't come quickly. It doesn't come easily, and it definitely does come, doesn't come cheaply. Think about what I just said. Quality, good quality product. It doesn't come quickly, it doesn't come easily, and it doesn't come cheaply. Things that are valuable take time. The work that God is doing in your life will take time. It's not going to be quick, and it's not going to be easy. And it may cost you something. It ain't going to be cheap. But in the end, it's going to be a masterpiece that God is doing in your life. Things that are truly valuable often require much time and work. Think of the Steinway piano. That's the top of the line. Every great piano artist wanted to play on a Steinway. It's a skillfully crafted instrument that produces phenomenal and amazing sound. And listen to me, Steinways are built the exact same way today as they were 150 years ago when Henry Steinway started that business. It takes 200 craftsmen and 12,000 parts are required to produce a Steinway piano. But the most crucial part is the bending process where 18 layers of maple are bent around an iron piece to make the shape of that grand Steinway. But you know what it takes to bend that wood? It takes heat, it takes steam, it takes pressure, and it takes a whole lot of struggle. There's the Christian life right there. Pressure, heat, steam, and a lot of struggle, but it makes a masterpiece. They put five layers 
of clear coat on there and they hand rub it till they shine it. They make it and they mold it. And that's what Christ is doing to you. He's hand rubbing you. He's hand carving you. He's shining you with his own hand. Why? That you might do his glorious work here on earth. That others might be called and might be saved. Amen. They might see you. They might listen to you. Is it a pleasant process? No. But it's a much needed, amazing, wonderful process when that work is done and yes they take every key from a steinway and they test it like ten thousand times god may test you that's something my wife always tells me it's a test it's a test and some days i fail with a great big fat capital f but sometimes i get it right amen put god first in your life the more that you humble yourself the more that god can lift you up. Have, are you saved? If you're not, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Repent of your sins and put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. 3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.